Welcome. Hello. Hello. We are now on uh we're on episode four. Episode four of the of the Metaversary podcast. <laughs> Metaversary podcast. Hopefully, you never get sick of these voices. Right. If you've never been here before, my name is Agatha, and I'm Danny, and we talk about true crime and stuff and murder and muck duck. Wait, what? <laughs> Have you never heard that muck duck? It's muck a quote duck? from The Office. Oh no, no, no! I th- I heard the only time I've heard that is like on TikTok. Oh well, I thought it was I'll like send you, I'll send you a video. I thought it was some like people eat whale blubber. Oh, you're thinking of mukbang? No, that's when people shove food in their face. Wait a minute. That's when people like half the size of my right thigh sit in front of a camera and eat massive amounts of food. No, 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 no. Muck duck is, it's, okay, it's an office thing. I will send you a video of it later. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about, but it's not that. Okay, well. Anyway. Perfect. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hello. Welcome. Um, Thank you for being here. Yeah, it's almost Christmas. It's almost Christmas. It is almost and today, Christmas. today, we have a Christmas murder for you. Ooh, actually, when this comes out, it's going to be Christmas Eve. Oh, that's even perfect because yeah. the murder's on Christmas Eve. Yes. Yeah. So oh this is we are we are bringing it home right now. Yes, bringing it right on the date. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing really well, actually. Good. Yeah. Good. Um, you know what I'm doing with life. Let's be honest. <laughs> what does anyone? Does anyone? No. No. I think that's like one of the the biggest farces that we get as children is that we think adults have it together. <laughs> Nobody knows what the hell they're doing. It's all it's all faking it. I realized maybe yesterday that so I've been I downloaded Bumble. And Bumble okay. is like dating app, but the women get to talk first. So mm-hmm. no random people can message you if you match. You have to message them, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. I realized as I'm swiping through the age range of people that it's okay for me to date now, which is between like 30 and 45 okay and that is freaky because i'm yeah. 35 so I, i'm i'm looking at like five years like you know five ten years ahead like there and then five years behind and not dipping below the five years uh underneath because you know but i was like man all these people look so old and then i'm like do <laughs> oh, i no. look so old and then i was just like i'm not gonna do this anymore tonight <laughs> Let's close the phone for tonight. Let's close it. But yeah. yeah, so that's been my that's been my recent adventure. And I've also realized how picky I am. I'm just like, no. You listen. T- you turned your head yes. that way? Absolutely no. <laughs> You're allowed to be picky with someone that you want to be a life partner with. In fact, I think that's the one place in your life you should be the most picky. Yeah. But that's my personal opinion. That's very because true. As someone who's dated a lot of dum dums and Looney Tunes. Because I wasn't picky enough. I can confidently say now that being picky True. is the right way to go. Yeah. No, I can agree with that. Here's to being picky. Yes. On that note, let's On that, <laughs> On that yeah, note, let's okay. talk about murder. Okay, great. Warning. This episode may contain discussions that are not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, so before I start, I have two disclaimers. Okay. The first being, um, there's three people that you should know about, but I want to provide their their ages and their heights, which will become relevant later. The first person, her name is Samina. She is 34 years old and she's five foot two. Okay. 
And then there's two brothers, Roger and David. Roger is 41. David is 39. And they are six foot five and six foot seven, respectively. I, I don't know which one's which. Jeez. Oh, but I'm pretty sure it's Roger's six foot five and David is six foot seven. Okay. They are tall. Yes. They're, they're tall guys. <laughs> the, the second disclaimer is that I tried so hard to find information about Samina's life prior to this story. But I couldn't find anything other than what her family described her as after all this stuff went down. So I'm really sorry to Samina. I tried to get an idea of who she was. But anyway, so this is the murder of Samina Imam. So picture this. It's the holiday season of 2014 in Britain. And Samina Imam is a 34-year-old regional marketing boss for Costco and a woman in love. She's described as beautiful, kind, ambitious, and incredibly thoughtful by those who know her. She's a real catch. And she's been dating her coworker, 40-year-old Roger Cooper, who is the store manager at the local Costco where they both live for two years now. So it's Christmas, New Year's Eve are approaching, and you want to spend time with the people you love, right? Yeah, but Christmas at Costco, when do you actually have time? <laughs> yes, you have time to spend with everyone who's in your town because exactly, they're shopping at exactly. Costco. Well, slight problem. Roger has a longtime girlfriend who isn't Samina. Her name is Susan. And Roger's also dating a third lady, another coworker at Costco. Oh, Roger's <laughs> a player. Yes. Okay. So needless to say, their relationship was kept under wraps, Samina's and Roger's, mm -hmm. not only because Roger apparently has the greatest time management skills on the planet, but also because she's considered a senior employee over Roger, and that's not allowed at Costco. Ah, that's not really allowed anywhere anymore. No, but especially here. I mean, it's definitely like this is like a big point of this whole story yeah. that superiors and subordinates can't date each other. Okay. I mean, not to get into it, but it makes sense. So a majority of people in Samina's life don't know about Roger, um, but there, I've read that there's a couple of people super close to her that do, did know that they were dating. So she didn't keep it at 100% secret. There yeah. was a couple of people here in that, that knew. So back to holiday season of 2014. Wait, question. Question first. Was Roger dating all of these women in secret? Like, did they know about each other? So Samina knew about the long-term girlfriend okay. that he lived with. Yes. But he didn't know about the third coworker. Okay. The long-term girlfriend definitely didn't know about any of it. Okay. And who knows about the third one? Perfect. So back to holiday season of 2014, after two years of dating and being the quote-unquote other woman, Samina was getting to the end of her patience and wanted Roger to commit to her and only her. So she gave him an ultimatum. Break up with this other girlfriend's, namely the long-term one because she didn't know about the other, and date only her or say goodbye for good. Now, of course, Roger never had any intention of leaving his long-term girlfriend, but was afraid that Samina would spill the beans on the affair, which would both be a threat to his career and his long-term relationship. So instead, he has this idea to enlist the help of his brother David, an ex-soldier, in a plan to kill Samina, which seems like, a, like Jesus Christ, let's go from zero to that, 60, why don't I was going to say that went from zero to 100 real quick. First off, to keep a secret like that, I... I'm very bad at keeping secrets. I get paranoid. I get anxious. Like, I will not act normal. And to be hiding that much from the person I'm living with, like, I, I would go insane. I would go crazy. And for two years, that's such a long time. Also, just giving my attention to three people. Like, one person is enough. Two people, I couldn't do it. Three? No, no, no. Get out of here. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I don't have enough attention to give to myself. 
So, <laughs> to spread it out it. that yeah. thin, I'm going to have to go with no. Well, and then to also increase the risk of the third person being another coworker. Yeah. Craziness. Anyway, so on the 12th of December, Samina is going to a Christmas party at a local hotel that she frequently goes to. And Roger tells Samina he was going to meet her there after the party, book a room, and he's got a surprise for her. Death. The surprise, unfortunately, (laughs) was that he was going to have his brother wait in the parking lot until she shows up and then abduct her. So if that's not weird enough. uh, Surprise, you're kidnapped. (laughs) Yeah. Surprise. Um, If that's not the most bizarre part of that. They also decided to text each other, him and his brother, Roger and David, mm-hmm. about everything using Star Wars references and quotes instead of just like normal English. So phrases like Death Star complete, stay on target, you're expected Vader. Like, this is what they were texting each other for a while while they were planning and also trying to execute this. That is a, that is a touch. <laughs> yes. It's a unique one. So the plan to abduct her doesn't pan out because she's dropped off in a taxi like a few yards from the entrance and there's just no chance of David grabbing her in plain view like that without being caught. So instead, David ditches the plan and attempts to text Roger instead of using Star Wars quotes in French, saying something to the effect of there's no point, no score, the window of opportunity is closed. Which, okay, like I get the Star Wars code phrases, but I'm pretty sure Google translates the thing and people also still speak French and he doesn't speak French. So I don't know why that he thought that would be sufficient to hide up what they're doing. I mean, he's going to try to plan to murder someone because they want commitment. So there's a lot of questionable decisions (laughs) happening with this one. It's just very bizarre. Obviously, Samina doesn't know any of this information and probably just thinks that Roger's a shithead and stood her up because I'm sure there was... Some similar problematic behavior in their relationships, since he's not just dating her alone. Oh, so he didn't but even that's... show up then? So she just showed up to no one? Yeah, so she showed up for this Christmas party, and oh. then afterward, they were going to meet up. She gets dropped off in the taxi. At that point, David's supposed to take her, but nothing happens, so presumably she goes to the Christmas party, and then that's that. Okay, so he didn't even like get a hotel room or anything, it was just... A no, fake, no, fake didn't little even, invitation. Yeah, didn't even book a hotel room or anything. So at this point, the ultimate, ultimatum has been issued. Samina's is done with this shit, and Roger agrees to make this happen with her and leave his long-term girlfriend for Samina so they can be together for real. So they make this plan for Christmas Eve to go away on holiday together. But that's like a complete 180. Yeah. Well, she, she doesn't know about any of this murder plot, right? Well, no, but he... Because before he was... Sorry, I'm just trying to get my... I'm just trying to get my thoughts together. So he was with his long-term girlfriend. She gave him the ultimatum. He was like, you gonna die because I don't want her to find out about this. And then the kidnapping doesn't work. And then he's like, well, I guess I'll just leave my girlfriend and go with you then. Yes, exactly. All right. I think she perceives it as like he was just thinking for a while. And then finally he's like, all right, yeah, cool. We'll do this. So let's go away for Christmas Eve. And she's super stoked on it, right? Mm-hmm. So she, Christmas Eve, goes to the store to pick up some snacks and a bottle of Bellini mix for their trip. And no, she Bellinis packs her bags. are so good, by the way. So good. I would fuck Love up anything, them. Peach. Anything. Oh, yeah. Peach Bellinis. Oof. We went out to lunch today and there was like a sangria flight and one of them was like a peach sangria. That sounds so I really good. wanted to get it. But it was lunchtime and I thought it probably wasn't a good idea to drink a bunch of sangria. All you have to do is you have to open the settings on your phone and change the time zone and then you'll just feel better <laughs> about it. <laughs> 
Life hack. <laughs> okay, so Christmas Eve of 2014, Samina leaves work around 4 p.m. just after Roger also leaves. They each drive away in their own cars, and then they meet up again nearby around the corner where she takes her luggage out of her car and puts it in Roger's, and then they both get in his car, leaving her BMW parked on a quiet side street. So they drive off together, head to the hotel for the Christmas vacation that they planned. So on this car ride, she talks to her sister and they chat and confirm that Samina is going to be at her sister's house for Boxing Day for Christmas celebrations. And for our American listeners, Boxing Day is a holiday that takes place the day after Christmas. Mm -hmm. Of course, Roger isn't mentioned on this call at all or what she's doing isn't mentioned because their relationship is still under wraps. So her family, they have no idea where she is or what she's going to be doing over the next few days. An hour into their drive, they make a detour at David's house about 5 p.m. And it's said that she perceived it as just a quick detour to say hello it's unclear whether she knew about stopping at david's house or if not or if roger just drove there without letting her know but i've also read that he told her that he was gonna go pick up a star wars figurine from david because that was gonna be his christmas present for that year i don't trust star wars anymore not after their little uh text messages me sitting here thinking like is star wars figurine a code i think for this story itself anything star wars related it's code for it's something some kind bad. of code okay yes So after almost immediately getting off the property, Samina is attacked by David while she's sitting on the couch and he kills her by suffocating her with a towel soaked in chloroform that the guys had purchased on Amazon a week before. So keep in mind, remember I mentioned their heights. Keep in mind that Samina is only five foot two and David's well over six feet tall and an ex-soldier. So she physically didn't stand a chance. So I think this takedown was probably pretty easy. Yeah. Also, side note. It takes a few minutes to kill someone with chloroform. It renders you unconscious at first and then you asphyxiate or it causes you to have a heart problems and you ultimately die. But a lethal dose seems like it's not very much. So it's a super fucking dangerous chemical to work with. And wait, you said they got off Amazon. What did they get off Amazon? They bought chloroform off Amazon a week before. No shit. Yeah. I thought you meant, I'm like, oh, she said the rags. But you mean actual, they bought fucking chloroform no. off Amazon. Like you can, because chloroform's used in like, um, I think some pool supplies and gardening and stuff like that as like you add it to other things so it's hold not on hold on something that's illegal let me go to my prime right now brb okay. hold on chloroform chloroform didn't bring anything up for me except for a pillow that says does this pillow smell like chloroform to you <laughs> oh no so um that's crazy that you'd actually be able to get chloroform on amazon i just googled can you buy chloroform on amazon and something popped up where you can buy a 500 milliliter bottle for 50 bucks yeah, there's, I mean, so, I just Googled chloroform and there's a bunch of stuff that popped up. Oh, you can get it at Walmart. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Anyway, chloroform, easily accessible. Who knew? Just because you can get your hands on it doesn't mean you can use it like they do in the movies. It's very true. <laughs> it's very easy to kill someone with chloroform. Anyway. So they get there about five. She gets murdered pretty quickly. And then by 625, Roger, her shitty boyfriend, is already back on the road heading back to his house. And David is in charge of disposing of Samina's body. Once Roger gets back to his home, to his longtime girlfriend, he tries to create an alibi for himself by sending him a, a text from Samina's phone that reads, I am fuming. I'm going to where I am truly cared for. So he didn't actually leave his long term girlfriend. He just told her he left his long term girlfriend. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, long-term girlfriend has no idea of what's going on with any of this. Oof. So back at David's house, Samina's body is wrapped in cling film, 
uh, also known as saran wrap, and a sleeping bag and is buried in a shovel grave within a matter of hours after her death. And to paint a picture, this guy doesn't live on some huge property in the middle of nowhere. His backyard is small and it's very close to his neighbors from mm-hmm. what I could tell. And from what people have said that his neighbor is really quiet. So someone digging around their backyard for a couple of hours sometime between 6 30 and 8 30 p.m on christmas eve seems like it would raise some red flags in my mind yeah but maybe that's just me being paranoid and this is super unfortunate and not totally relevant but maybe it is on the shed in david's backyard which was small there was a sign that read don't wind me up i'm running out of places to hide the bodies so me critically thinking about this right Is this it's like one of those? Sweet. Is this like one of those tin signs like you buy as a joke to hang in your yeah. garage? Like my dad's yes. like gone fishing sign, except murder. Yes. Okay, exactly. So again, me thinking critically, maybe this is me being paranoid. If I know my neighbor has this sign on their shed, and then they're digging for several hours at night on Christmas Eve, and then just refilling that hole right back up, like how do you not? I mean, you think body, right? I would. I but I think any like digging in your own yard is suspicious. But that's just because I've watched too much csi like if someone's out especially at night just digging a hole and it looks like they're burying something and then like filling it in or if there's a hole that's the shape of that weird you know that weird kind of like oval uh i just buried a body shape yeah Yeah. yep at least secret garden it and put some corn over it or something true good fertilizer yeah that's awful anyway sorry (laughs) (laughs) lots of tangents So over the next few days, the two brothers try everything to cover up the death. They move her car from the original spot she left it to another location, another town. When it's Mm -hmm. there, they wipe the car down for all fingerprints and DNA. And then they move the car again for a second time to a third location and just dispose of it there. Mm -hmm. But when Samina never shows up for her family's Boxing Day dinner and her family can't get a hold of her, the police are immediately called and a missing person search is issued for her. Which they later codenamed Operation Ceramic. I have no idea why. I could not figure out why they codenamed that. Maybe codenaming things in the UK is a thing. Yeah, I've never, anyway. I've never heard of that. That's a weird, yeah. a weird name. Yes. Even if you Google Operation Ceramic, I could not find a thing about it. So the police start by trying to retrace Samina's steps to maybe get some clues on where she might be. And that, of course, leads them directly to Costco. Mm-hmm. And at Costco, they interview one of the managers, none other than Roger. And they ask him, are you Roger the boyfriend Roger? To which he replies that he used to be the boyfriend Roger, but they'd broken up weeks ago. So they press him and they ask why they broke up. And Roger breaks it to him that he has a longtime girlfriend and that was just too high risk dating Samina because of the policies at Costco about dating and then also his girlfriend. Then he goes on to say that he was really relieved to be broken up and Samina didn't feel the same way and wasn't handling well and shows police officers their text messages. Oh, okay. They had sent the text message from her phone saying like, ah, right. okay, yep. He somehow manages to paint Samina as a bit of a stalker and claims that all the messages that show her like pouring out her love to him and sending sexy photos were totally unwanted and unwarranted, unsolicited completely, all the uns. With this storytelling, the police find him transparent and upfront and don't find his story suspicious, so they say goodbye and keep on with their investigation. But later they decide to bring Roger in for an official interview, considering he's her ex-boyfriend, and usually that's a good source to start with. Yeah. And in this interview, it's where things start getting a little weird and red flags start showing up to the police. Good. Let's hear him. Yes. Okay. (laughs) There's really only one big one that we need to touch on because the rest are not that relevant. 
So police ask Roger where he thinks Samina is. And he says that she thinks that she's on vacation. Um, keep in mind at this point, she's just listed as a missing per person at this point. So during the questioning, Roger starts crying hysterically during the interview. And that's really what tips police off is like, this is kind of weird because here this guy is hysterically crying about an ex-girlfriend who he didn't want to be with, broke up with weeks ago. And he believes that she's just on vacation. Who also is stalking him. Like, yes. Yeah. So it seems a little out of place, but nothing really comes of it. They have no leads mm -hmm. or evidence like that. So the interview ends and he leaves. But they said, you know, that, that just kind of sticks with them. And they try, they bring him in for a second interview and he brings the lawyer with him for this one, which to me, honestly, is probably one of the smartest things he's done at this point. But to the police, it just made him look guilty, more suspicious. Yeah. So in this interview, the second one, he's asked for an alibi and he says that after work, he goes and visits his brother, David, to pick up that gift. And then he goes back home and hangs out at home for the next few days with this longtime girlfriend. So technically, his alibi does check out. But since he's mentioned David at this point, they bring him in. And David is able to pick her out of a photo and said, oh, yeah, that's the girl my brother's fucking. Oh. Yeah, real nice. He says he doesn't know anything about her, though, and has maybe met and talked to her a couple of times at Costco, but that's it. Otherwise, he doesn't know anything Barely even knows her name. I think he actually says he doesn't know her name. And then that's it. Which, side note, this uh, interview is on YouTube if you guys want to watch it. Okay. Yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, link the YouTube video in the blog post that's about this episode on our website. Perfect. So then fast forward to January 4th, which is 11 days after her murder. Her car is found about 65 miles from her home. Her purse is missing along with her suitcases and the snacks that, that she had bought for their trip. And also, there were zero fingerprints found in the car since the brothers had wiped them all clean, which was one of the first signs of suspicion for the cops. Because usually, you drive your own car, you don't wear gloves 24-7, so your fingerprints would be in your own car. Unless but they were wiped out from the men in black, which would be a whole different situation. But that's not real. And yes. And yes. everyone has fingerprints. <laughs> exactly. But there was a second sign of suspicion, and that was that the driver's seat was pushed way far back. Ah. Too far back for someone who's five foot two to realistically or feasibly touch the pedals while they're driving. So her missing person search is switched to a no-body murder inquiry. Okay. From then, it didn't take long for detectives to piece everything together. The data from Samina's phone showed that she, or at least her phone, had traveled with Roger to David's house. And then here, the timeline gets a little fuzzy on when, when things start to go down or how the police take the next few steps. But the police end up going over to David's house. And what do they end up finding? They end up finding the bottle of Bellini she bought in David's fridge and the snacks in her cupboard, his, his cupboard. And then they also find the navigation system from her car in the loft of his house. So obviously, these guys are shaping up to be real geniuses. So he dropped the car off and just stole her snacks and drinks. Yeah, because... And just brought because them back. Because she thought they were going on vacation. Yeah. And so she brought them to David's house. And he was probably like, here's all our crap. Take it. And David's like, oh, this is good good chocolate and some Bellini. Yes, I'll save that for later. Save this shit. Yes. Okay. David seems to be not so well informed of what his brother's intentions were. Like, I know about, like, mur like the intention was murder. But he's, like, from the way you're describing it, he seems like he was 
very kind of like nonchalant about like yeah he's fucking her I'm like oh i'm gonna just i'm gonna hold on to this shit like i'm kind of like he doesn't really have a care in the world about like what's going on so david really comes across as the kind of person who is just kind of a douche okay yeah you'll if you guys go look listen to his interviews online he the way he talks is just like how do i even describe it it just kind of very hardened like i don't fucking care it is what it is kind of thing okay that would, which is like that would make sense. purely my opinion yeah so after all that january 7th 14 days after her murder both brothers are arrested on suspicion of murder and are charged two days later and somehow an outside tip comes in from someone not related to the case to check david's backyard because they think that samina's buried backyard that back there so they start digging in his property and after only four days of digging they find an outside edge of a sleeping bag and immediately know that they found samina's body hear me out could this tip maybe have come from somebody who just glanced and saw a tin sign hanging up in the backyard? Yes, that's what I was actually just thinking, is that maybe one of the neighbors did see this guy being a creep and digging for two hours on Christmas Eve to mm-hmm. bury, unbury a hole and then rebury it. Four days seems like a long time to dig around. Unless maybe, I guess if, if, it's, uh, if it's that time of year and ground's frozen, I guess it's harder, but... You would think if it was only 14 days ago that someone was buried, that there would still kind of be like a fresh grave marker, at least, of of overturned dirt. So here's two theories that I have. Mm -hmm. The first being that, actually, you're probably on track because it's the UK and aren't they super rainy over there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So my here's the thing. When I was reading, there were some stories that said that they did a shallow grave. And then there's other stories that said that it was a super deep grave. Mm Mm-hmm. So it, I'm not sure which one's true, but theoretically, you think it would be a deep grave because then it'd be harder for them to get to it. And also, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're not working around the clock, you know, 12 hours a day for four days straight. No, and I think in those cases, too, who knows how long it took to actually get the warrant to go dig. And I know that sometimes. Because it is 2014, so there is technology at this point. It's not like it's where you just take a shovel and hope for the best. Maybe they scanned the area. Maybe they did things like that prior to actually putting a shovel in the ground. So it could have taken longer. But who knows? It just to me, it seems like at that point in time, you would still have disturbed ground that would not have got unless it was just snow over it. You know, that was covering from seeing it that you would have been able to see that disturbed area. So I think that if you looked at a photo of the backyard, it would provide some clarification because it's not just like a beautiful lawn back there there's like a bunch of crap back there there's like tarps on the ground there's a bunch of sections of like trellises and bags of stuff it's not like a well-kept backyard but also his his neighborhood is really crammed and so i don't know if it would necessarily be possible to bring an excavator back there so i think that maybe the tools they were working with were not super heavy duty and also you're digging for a body so you probably wouldn't want to use an excavator but that's just my thought oh that looks like a dump yeah it's there's just it's littered with stuff back there like wood and looks like maybe building material looks like part of a roof maybe we'll go ahead and post this picture too because that is just yeah that is a lot of stuff on the ground yeah and this guy clearly wasn't like an avid gardener or anything so again it just makes no sense that he'd be digging back there for several hours yeah I think the moral of this story so far is that if you see your your neighbor digging for several hours just call the police immediately <laughs> yeah if someone is in their backyard 
in the middle of the night, digging a potentially very deep hole and then covering that right back up. I think we should just we should just call it a night and nine one one that shit. Yes. So both brothers are in custody and the police start questioning them as they do. Roger says that he last saw Samina when he left the store of Costco at 4 p.m. on Christmas Eve. That's a story and he's sticking to it. Hasn't seen her or talked to her since. Mm -hmm. David tells officers that he didn't even know her name, but later ends up making a partial confession stating that he pressed a chloroform soaked tea towel over her mouth. He says that her death was an accident, but then changes the story again and says that he found her body after being asked to move her car. Let me tell you, the story he makes about accidentally killing her is absolutely wild and stupid as shit. Basically, he says, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. I'm so uncomfortable. Basically, he says that she shows up at his house looking for Roger and that she's super upset. So he lets her in to like chill out. But she's sitting in there like really upset, visibly like crying really loud and like making all this noise. And he says his walls are paper thin and he didn't want his neighbors hearing her upset and like alerting the authorities. So he had just like some chloroform lying around and he thought he would just like knock her out to shut her up. Yes. Just knock her out to shut her up. So Roger has some time to like sort out his shit and then come back or get away from her, whatever. So he does this and then he realizes that he like had killed her. See, because he's like, oh, it's not like in the movies. I had to check her pulse. Her face was going blue and like she had no pulse. So I knew it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. Yeah, totally feasible. With this chloroform I just happened to have. <laughs> yeah. just That I just around. happened to buy on Amazon a little bit ago. Yeah. And he stored it in an ammo tin, he said. Which I don't know if, why that's so oddly specific, but... So detectives then find the Star Wars text messages from mid-December that say, you know, like the Death Star complete Mm -hmm. and stay on target and all that kind of stuff. And that kind of gives police some insight that they had previously tried to murder her as well. So all of this goes to trial and it comes out that Roger had been planning her murder for over a month before going through with it. And that there's also evidence tracking Roger's car with a ton of plate recognition hits following him to and from the scene of the murder and then there's also CCTV footage of Samina and Roger together. The bit where she like gets out of her car and loads her cut luggage into his car. There's CCTV footage of it. He's just caught in his lies, basically. More or less, yes. So fast forward again to October 21st, 2015. After a 10-week trial, Roger and David are both found guilty of murder unanimously by a jury. And by Christmas of that year, they were both behind bars serving a 30-year sentence, which is not nearly enough if you ask me. That is... Definitely not enough. I still, it it boggles my mind how people can commit murder and at some point just walk free. It's so hard. I can't rationalize it in my head. Like, I know of people who are in jail for drug charges for longer than they're in jail for. Mm -hmm. And this this isn't even in the U.S., it's the U.K. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not exactly sure how the U.K. uh, system works over there. I'm not sure how the system works over here because it is... You know, little fucky, little fucky wucky. Um, But yeah, I have no idea how it works over there. Maybe their murder charges tend to be different in general. Yeah. That's the murder of Samina Iman. Oh, poor girl. On Christmas Eve. Poor girl. And you also think about the girlfriend, right? The long-term girlfriend. Just when all this comes out. Yeah. Yes. All of it comes out during trial. I'm sure the third girlfriend's also interviewed. Yeah. I'm sure the girl, long-term girlfriend gets interviewed. 
like because you can get over you can get over someone cheating on you you can get over someone sleeping with someone else you'll cry a lot but eventually you move past and you live your life but to think that someone who you were intimate with just left murdered someone and then came back and crawled into bed with you is so disturbing yeah and you had no idea like sometimes people have an inkling hey they're acting weird or they've always kind of been weird blah 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 but when you think everything is fine and then all of a sudden this bombshell comes in like i cannot imagine that emotional state i think what's even weirder is that his brother was willing to do this for someone that he had met like twice i mean he he had basically no relationship with samina you're you're david and your brother asks you like hey i want to murk my girlfriend well my side piece like are you down and he says yes that is really weird those mental issues those mental issues got to run in the family yeah if roger had done all this on his own i mean it still would have sucked just as bad but it would made a little more sense because this is all roger's mess yeah david had no part in any of this until the murder but i mean you think too when you have something that goes on like that kind of like a that blood bond that you have who knows if they've done something in the past that's never come out. So maybe at some point they'd saved each other's asses before or one or the other had helped out in something. And this was kind of like, hey, we're going to do this book because why would you bring up your old crimes? You know, so who knows how that family bond went? But that is that is very odd. I mean, I hate asking my brother to borrow 10 bucks. I would never ask him to kill someone. You know what I mean? Like, that's just insane. Yeah, I can't remember last time I asked a favor of my brothers. So there you have it. Oh, especially around the holidays, too. That is just like it's so yeah, it's so hard to when stuff like that happens around other events that you usually celebrate with getting family together sometimes. Yeah, you know, it can just and ruin her family. This. Oh, my God. Highly recommend don't reading their they're talking about. I mean, read that if you feel like it. Um, I'm sure it's giving more light to Samina and it's beautiful. And all the things they have to say are super, super wonderful. Yeah. Um, but like her little brother spoke so highly of her and it's just so tragic. Do you know, did the brothers have any sort of criminal past? Are you able to see that at all anywhere? There was no mention of any of that. I will say, though, that um, the information on this story was so limited. Like I said, I could I could not even find any history on who Samina was prior yeah. to this because I wanted to give her so much more of a voice and a like, light around her. But it's uh, everything's just so focused on the actual murder, the weird Star Wars text messages, and then the trial. And then, boom, that's it. That's all the information that's kind of out there. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of lessons to be learned from this, as goes with most true crime. The first being, um, if you see someone digging in their backyard for several hours and then they just fill up the hole, don't trust them and maybe call the police. Maybe. Please call the police. And the second thing is, leave Star Wars out of it, man. There's no need for that. What did Star Wars ever do to you? Yeah. That's not okay. Be a fan, like, outside of your murderous plots. As long as you're not a fan of Jar Jar Binks. Because then you could, then we just, we don't even need to deal with you. I mean, hot take, but yeah. (laughs) Jar Jar has his moments. They're just awful moments. (laughs) I want to say when that that movie first came out, there was a divide for sure. Mm -hmm. And there were people who loved Jar Jar and then people who hated Jar Jar. I think where the flaw happened was that they brought him back again. And then it just got so much worse. Jar Jar should have been a one movie character. He should have. He, his personality was a little too big in that annoying little sister kind of way to make me want to watch him in a movie more than once. Like we could have, if it was a one and done, we went in and like, oh God, we got through that. Like when you walk out of 
<laughs> but to bring him back is just a little and then like all the Halloween costumes for kids and stuff that spawned after that I was just like please do not haunt me with this I do not appreciate it at all I think Jar Jar and himself did not bother me <laughs> oh my god okay full disclosure I just googled Jar Jar Binks and there, <laughs> there is a photo of Jar Jar Binks's head affixed some very muscular male torso shirtless and his oh no i just saw right it now. too i just saw it too <laughs> no oh, no i was gonna say that the thing that bothered me with jar jar beaks was his mouth but this bothers me more oh no <laughs> i can't anyway okay i'm closing this tab we're never looking that again that's all right <laughs> thank you so much for hanging out we really appreciate you also so if anyone sorry. knows how to get in touch with like the people at google to get this removed please let me know <laughs> so i can send an email why this exists in the world oh god i'm not gonna yuck someone else's yum but i could have gone my whole life without saying that and been fine with it i'm i'm yucking the yum on this one okay i will anyway. take responsibility <laughs> but yes thank you so much for uh hanging out with us again we really really appreciate you being here if you do like us which you know i know you do and i hope you do and if you don't just don't tell us um please feel free to go ahead and give us uh a rating on apple podcasts a review or on spotify or whatever your favorite podcast platform that you listen to us on is and if you have instagram or twitter you can find us at murderversary all one word we'd love to see you there chat with you there yeah we've started to to post a bit more on instagram and we are now posting trying to daily maybe every other day if it happens of different true crime events murders that happen on that exact day just to kind of inform you of what happened on that day in history in the crime world also um our wonderful agatha right here has been making these amazing youtube videos where she she transposes photos of what we're talking about over our audio and i don't know if you've ever listened to a podcast that way and saw visuals but it is 10 out of 10 experience i do not ever want to listen to a podcast a different way check those out on youtube they will most likely be coming out i would say um i'm catching up on past episodes right now so they will most likely be coming out within a few days of when the episode actually comes out, just because I don't have all the time in the world, but I have some. Um, so going to try and be on a similar timeline with that. But it is an amazing way to watch the podcasts. Um, yes. We do kind of skip You're out the beginning. Learner. Yeah, yeah, we do kind of skip out the beginning banter and get right to the case. And you really, yeah, you can really visualize as you listen along with it. Yes, um, super helpful. Very helpful. Also, if you are feeling alone at all we want you to know that you are absolutely not if you are struggling there's always someone there and some place to turn to you can feel free to go to our website murderversarypodcast.com and click on the resources tab and there we do have a bunch of resources if you ever feel like you need to reach out for help we're here for you too which we're not qualified and i feel like i said that last time so but we give really professionals good professionals first and if you need some help with gift shopping this year, it's going to be way too late because we're posting this on Christmas Eve. So, but you could probably you could probably get a last minute order of chloroform on Amazon. Yeah, for all of your non creepy needs. Yes. But yeah. But yeah, thank you guys so much. We we appreciate you. We love you, and we will see you next week. Have a merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye. Oh wait, happy happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. 
all the holidays. Happy Boxing Day. Boxing. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>